Hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no. It isn't the breeze. It's Jackson time. La, da, da, da. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Radio Show. Uh, this, uh, this is from 1947. It's the episode about the egg and I. And we have John Henderson here from This Day and Jack Benny. Hello. <laughs> right. And we have Kathy here, Kathy fuller Seely. Here is our resident Jack Benny expert and also professor and uh, just just uh, on top oh, of it. Oh, I'm a nice girl. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I should probably, instead of always calling her Kathy, I should probably, probably call her Professor Kathy or something. <laughs> Please. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Well, and I mean, we call each other kind of by our first names because no one calls me Your Majesty, even though they probably should. Well, Your Majesty, <laughs> we should we should start doing that. Yeah, I think so. Your liege, your, yeah, your, your liege. Yes, so. yes, that sounds good. So you're on the right page. Uh, anyway, uh, this this Jack Benny radio show we haven't in the 47s that we've been recovering had uh, many that have had a parody of uh, a movie of, of the time sort of thing, and that's so often the case with the Jack Benny show that he does have these. And I think I, I, when I saw this, I was just excited that we get a chance to, one, talk about the egg and I, but also talk about just um, Jack's parodies in general and things. And I think this one's an interesting one in that the movie ties so closely into one of Jack's movies that's, that's, that's similar to this and even has some of the same actors in it and things. Um, a, a Jack's movie is, of course, Washington Slept Here. And it's a, if, if you like The Egg and I, I think you'll really enjoy Washington Slept Here because it's a fun movie as well. And it's, and it's one of those that's a little bit of the Green Acres sort of thing of, of, of going out and getting a, a, a country home that they have to fix up. And one of the, the two um, uh, married, the married couple, one of them is really excited about it and the other one's not that excited about it and just kind of how that plays out. Uh, and, and it's, and um, it also features the same actor on this. I'm trying to remember his name and things. It, it, Percy Kilbride? That's it. Percy Kilbride is, is in Jackson. Jackson is from 1942, I'm thinking. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, so it precedes this by a number of years but certainly wasn't as big of a hit at all as The Egg and I. The Egg and I was giant. And from The Egg and I, Percy Kilbride and um, his, and, uh, it, it's the introduction of Pa Kettle. And so right. we have Pa and Ma Kettle that have their own Mar series. Marjorie of, Maine, I Marjorie think. Marjorie Maine, thank Thanks, you. Mike, that, that, uh, that they have their own series of films from this. I, I do think for me, and, and I may not, you know, my, I don't know. My, my telling pe who people who's who and things is not always the best, but it always sounds like when I listen to this episode that it, that it's it, it sounds like Marjorie Maine that they've got to play her part, and it's not Marjorie Maine. I, I'm ninety nine percent sure, but it it just the actress somehow sounds a lot like her, or at least reminds me of her the way she approaches things. So, uh, and I'm sure Kathy will be able to tell us who. Um. A, a woman named, uh, well, Elvia Allman. So uh, yes. a regular um, radio uh, uh, actress. A big radio death. actress. It was in yeah. a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I get that. Anyway, let's let's get started and just go around the horn here. So, Kathy, what were your takeaways or thoughts on, on this? Or what are your thoughts in general about the movie adaptions that he does? 
Well, um, that's a great topic to pick up on because I love their movie adaptations. Um, uh, If we go way back to um, uh, the fall of 1932, uh, 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 Benny with Harry Kahn as his writer, uh, they were credited with doing the very first uh, movie parody on a a radio comedy show when they did uh, Grand Hotel. So this is part of a long tradition. And I love learning behind the scenes about how um, the radio shows had to negotiate with the film studios that you couldn't give away too much of the plot. Right. Because, you know, you would think that the, uh, the movies would be delighted to have any kind of um, a public, free publicity for their movie as possible. But the movies uh, um, always worried that if you gave away too much of the, of the movie plot on a radio show that no one would go to see the movie. So there, there would have to be very careful. You could only mention the title and then you mention the stars, but you can't really mention the plot very much. And so that's kind of amusing to know their nervousness. Whereas today we would call it, you know, um, um, intermedia marketing and think it's right. all good. So, yep. and I also want to put in a pitch for uh, Don Wilson as a canary. <laughs> I heard, I just happened to hear this one. I, I've been playing them on the car, uh, CD player as I go back and forth to school and just a peep, peep, peep and squishing a pig. I just, uh, uh, it's delightful. I love that. It is a delightful episode. Now, let me hop on this just since you mentioned it. The first uh, parody episode of of a movie was Grand Hotel, you were saying. Uh-huh. And I know that it's in one of your books, correct? I believe it's in your it'll second be, it'll volume. It'll be volume right? two. Volume, so. vol- volume two, right here. So, yeah, so so pick up Kathy's books. Uh, anywhere fine books are sold, but certainly Amazon has it. And it's a lovely book. And you'll get a chance to read that very first parody if you're into that. Of- you're talking about Jack Benny's Lost Radio Broadcasts, volume two? Yes, yes, yes yeah. I am. Oh, I am. Good. And it's, and it says it's by Jack Benny and Harry Kahn, which it is. But, but Kathy's the one who, who put it all together in a wonderful volume for us and has a wonderful introduction to it. And... And little little uh, summaries of each episode, so you there can see you what it's about. There you go. That that and... were that that's the innovation that's due to Daryl Lance. That that's the tremendous difference that makes Volume Two what it is. So and and like and this so. is this is you you should get this while you can because this is the first printing. Because Kathy tells me in the second printing on, she'll get the the fonts right because of course. John's font is somehow mistakenly the same size as my font, and we know that John's font should be like point <laughs> four, and I should be like twenty four point font to make it, you know, to really symbolize uh. the amount we've given to the project. So, <laughs> anyway, so John, what, what were your thoughts on the egg and I? And, and yeah, I, I, I could tell by listening to this and other episodes, sort of uh, in this, you know, season that the egg and high was a big hit because they refer to it a lot. And it's interesting to listen to the radio show over the years and they're doing these spoofs and they're doing these obscure movies that you never heard of. And, and you know, trying to figure out, was this a big movie or was this just the movie of the week kind of thing? So it seems like this movie was a big movie. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, as you say, it spun off the Ma and Pa Kettle series. Uh, I did want to talk about the Phil Harris show that immediately followed. I want to as well. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, so this is the one where Alice Faye, and you'll 
hear it in a second. I don't want to spoil too much, but she's got uh, a party at 20th Century Fox. She's a movie star. Mm-hmm. And so she drags, uh, you know, Phil along. But in order to go, he wants to learn how to dance because he sees an ad for the Arthur Murray Dance Studio, which apparently is still around today. Uh, there's yes. one in my city also. So, uh, but the the best and most hilarious part is the fact that he gets to the studio and his dance instructor is none other than Frank Nelson. And so it's just hilarious. And, you know, sometimes Frank Nelson plays, uh, you know, different characters on different programs. He'll be on Suspense or he'll be on, you know, Armis Brooks or whatever. Right. But this one, he's definitely playing the same Frank Nelson from the Jack Benny show. show. And it's hilarious. And I loved it. Does, it. does he do like the yes and everything? I can't remember if he... I don't think he specifically says yes, but he's definitely that sort of antagonistic oh, yeah. character. Yes, yes. Yeah. And he, he regularly plays that character on yeah. Phil's show as well, uh, <laughs> often. So that's, which is wonderful. I, I love him on there. And I believe, that, does this episode also have Pat Buttram in it as well? I was, I was just going to ask about that. I heard his voice and it's like, whoa. He's, in, a, he's in most of, he's kind of a regular at this point yes. on the on the show. And he, it, he's a regular in the same way as sort of, Mr. Kitzel is a regular on Jack's show. Not a huge part. Always comes in, does his two-page, two-minute bit, and 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 then is out. And uh, but I I've really been enjoying that because I know that it's not long lasted in things, and that that it's just going to be for this season, and then we're not going to have him anymore. But uh, Pat Betram, just so people know, I mean. He is uh, certainly on the Green Acres show is where probably most modern audiences would kind of know him from. And certainly Green Acres is uh, repeated a lot. And what a charming show. Another, we were talking on Jack's show about how just it's, it's comforting to watch the Jack Benny show sometimes. And that's how we describe this episode of Jack in Paris. Um, Green Acres is that same feel to me. You watch Green Acres and it just feels so like you're welcome into this world and and it's just a comforting world with, uh, again, like a lot like the Jack Benny show in some ways, he's surrounded by all these kind of crazy people and 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 trying to to just make it through his wife's kind of insane. I mean, basically everyone he runs into is insane and, and he's the only like normal one. I mean, Eddie... Um, Albert. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I does, know. he does a brilliant job, but Mer- but uh Buttram in there is is just a wonderful feature of that show. But he's also uh, known even more so, I mean, or at least he did more episodes and things. He's more he's more a part of Gene Autry and Gene Autry's background. He did oh. he did 40 films with Gene Autry. Oh wow. Isn't that crazy? And then and then the radio shows, hundreds of radio shows with Gene Autry and then television shows with Gene Autry. So I mean he was in the mix a lot. And and I mean, originally he's, he's, was with Roy Rogers for like he, a season, but Roy wow. had a bunch of people like him and his character. And so he phased him out or whatever but then as he phased him out gene autry was looking for someone similar and so they grabbed onto him and then i would just say gene gene autry's andy divine yes exactly (laughs) Exactly what it was yeah yeah Yeah. exactly it's great that you mentioned andy divine because in our third episode which is the 1937 episode andy divine is in this and andy divine is a lot of these 1937 episodes and much like uh buttram uh is is so cool having him on the Phil Harris show because we know it's such a small window of time that we're going to get him on there. The same thing goes with Andy. A lot of people sometimes have issues with Andy Divine 
for whatever reason. I love Andy when he's on here. And just knowing that he's only on essentially season and a half or something of Jack's yeah. show and then intermittently thereafter, uh, I, I just love him. I love his appearances. So this is just... If you're a fan of kind of rural <laughs> television and rural movies, and th this is a, a real treat, this whole the, uh, this whole trilogy, because you're going to get a lot of, of characters you know and a lot of people that that are in that same vein uh, as each yeah. other. So, yeah. I, and just to put in a word for the 1937 broadcast, which again bowled me over for what good quality uh, uh, you uh, uh, recording you managed to find. Yeah. I've I've just uh, it blew me away, but it was one of the longest Schlepperman roles. Yes. So if we if we've got two that are about rural aspect, you know, I mean, if we're, if we're calling yes. out to rural actors here on the thirty seven show, um, uh, Benny and his nineteen thirty seven gang are doing a, a sort of a play skit where they're all supposed to be British aristocrats or of the upper class. Yes. And to hear them more than they would a decade later get into the British accents. Um, Jack is not that good at accents, but he's trying. And Schlepperman, being a British arist uh, upper class uh, uh, member, is just sort of mind blowing because I can't imagine Mr. Kitzel breaking character, you know, that much or adapting yes. a character. So these three all together really, uh, right. thank you, really show how uh, all these actors are uh, uh, get comedy out of things, how it brings in the writers how they do um, accents and play with our ears. Yes. Well, and, and, and on top of that, I always think it's so interesting when an actor who, of course, Schlepperman, uh, Sam Hearn, who plays Schlepperman, is not Schlepperman. He's, Schlepperman's a character he puts on. But then on top of that, to take that character and now try and say, okay, how would that character interpret a British accent? So you're you're two things away from the original yeah. actor, and he's got to do he's got to layer these things on, and does a brilliant job of it. And I and I just love that that when they try and do those things and, and to think about all the work it would take to do that to go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna act like this person, yeah. which is tough to do. Like I'm putting on it like if I I do a Jimmy Stewart right impression or something and then say now i'm going to try and do a british jimmy stewart impression or i'm going to try and do a, a hillbilly jimmy stewart or whatever it it just adds a whole nother layer to it so that's cool um john did you have anything else to cover you no know, i just want to say this is not really on topic uh, well maybe on it's okay uh, <laughs> you I, don't you always know, stay I, on topic it's good <laughs> I, I love uh, playing classic tv for my show for my kids every every day we do a yes. show of uh, classic tv and some of the ones that they really latch on to are these sort of rural mm -hmm. uh, shows like the Beverly Hillbillies, if it's in color, and <laughs> Green Acres, and the, the first color season of Petticoat Junction. And so we watched um, Petticoat Junction. I, I played them a couple episodes. And then I played them the episode where Eddie Albert and is it Ava Gabor? Or, yeah, Ava Gabor yeah. Uh, are the guest stars on Petticoat Junction. And then they find out they live in the same town and it just blows their mind. So uh, I got to say, you know, sharing these classic shows, radio shows and television shows with your kids is something I would encourage everybody to try. And Green Acres is a good place to start. Yeah, that was pretty on topic, I'd say. Uh, all that dovetails me to one more thing, which is uh, uh, Pat Buttram again. I'm going to go back to him. Uh, he said 
what's considered to be like one of the most famous lines of anyone uh, describing the what we know of as the rural purge. And the rural purge was essentially they had all these shows like Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres, Petticoat Junction, all of these. And in 1971, I believe it was right around that time frame, uh, CBS decided, I think it was CBS that they were all on, decided, um, you know what, we're going to change directions here and go kind of the Archie Bunker route and things and go for more urban uh, things that we think uh, tie into more people in the country where they're at or whatever. So we're going to get rid of all of those, Andy Griffith's show, all of those kind of shows are, are going to be done with. It was called The Rural Purge. It was unfortunate to happen because those shows, though a lot of them by that time were kind of long in the tooth anyway. Yeah. But it would have been lovely to have they two or three more years of some of them. Yeah. But we didn't. They cut them off there. And what he said, uh, what what Patrick Petram said, his quote or whatever is, they uh, took away every show that, that had a tree. If there was a tree on the show, it was gone. <laughs> and so, so I, I thought that was a great quote. And <laughs> so, because it's essentially true. Anything with any kind of outdoor scenery was like, nope, that's that's gone. It's it's all going to be city based and things and and yeah. Uh, I just thought it was a very creative way of expressing That's it. great. That's yeah, they got rid of anything with a tree. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll uh, enjoy this, and uh, I hope you guys are going to have a great time with, with this. The, like Kathy says, the sound quality of these shows is so delightful, all, all three of them, and just uh, and especially, uh, the Phil Harris shows are, are pretty amazing for the vintage and the fact that a lot of them we didn't even have just a, a number of years ago. I mean, it we didn't have these for 65 years or something. These were all missing. and But now we have so many of them and we can enjoy them. So anyway, I hope you enjoy it and we'll see you guys next time. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. At 50, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Listen. Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike by fine, mild, ripe tobacco. Henry L. Snell, tobacco warehouseman, said that. At auctions for over 19 years, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, good-tasting tobacco. John L. Cummins, tobacco auctioneer, said that. Yes, at market after market, independent tobacco experts can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Remember, LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and fine tobacco means real deep down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. <laughs> The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, over these many years that I've been introducing our scintillating star, my one regret has been that I'm not a poet, for if I were, I would paint a word picture with colorful phrases. What a beautiful thought, Don. I can just imagine you a poet. Henry Wadsworth Fatfellow. <laughs> Continue, Don. However, you don't have to be a Shelley or a Keats to... Hmm. I'll get it, Don. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Rochester.
Rochester, you certainly picked a fine time to call. Why aren't you listening to the program? That's why I called, boss. There's something wrong with the radio. Oh, maybe there's a break in the electric cord. You know, the one that runs from the radio to where we've got it plugged in. I thought of that, boss, so I traced it. I started at the radio, went around the baseboard, up to the windowsill, out the window, across the driveway, through the hedge, and right to the plug on Mr. Coleman's back porch. <laughs> Say, Rochester, I hope nobody saw you. Well, just as I reached the porch, Mrs. Coleman came out, so I ducked behind the hedge and meowed like a cat. Did you fool her? I think so. She left two saucers of milk. <laughs> Two? Yeah, one had a note on it. This one's for Mr. Benny. <laughs> Good, I'll have it when I get home. Anyway, Rochester, if the cord is plugged in right, maybe there's something wrong with the radio itself. Did you check the tubes? Mm-hmm. The condenser? Mm-hmm. The transformer? Mm-hmm. The dials? Boss, I even put murine in the magic eye. <laughs> Oh. I don't know what to do. I hate to miss your program. Well, I've got an idea, Rochester. I'll leave the receiver off the hook, and you'll be able to hear the whole show over the telephone. Yes, sir. Okay, Don, let's get on with the program. Ladies and gentlemen, as I was saying, even though I'm not a poet, today I'd like to introduce our star with a little poem. A poem? Yes. To Jack Benny, I love my boss, but he's so cheap, he only spends a slow buck. Slow buck? His suits are from Montgomery Ward. His hair from Sears and Roebuck. What? And here he is, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you. And hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. Hmm, hair from Sears and Roebuck. <laughs> Don, I can write poetry too. As a matter of fact, I have one about you. Oh, about me? Yes. Reynolds flew around the world in a plane that was made to order. But if he tried to fly around you, he wouldn't get south of the border. <laughs> Hello, Jackson. Your name may not be John Greenleaf, but you're much wittier. Oh. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, Jack, how can you compare flying around the world with me? I'm not so fat. You're not, eh? Don, there's a three-hour difference in time between your belt buckle and back pocket. <laughs> Next week, it'll be four hours. Hey, Jackson, if you really want to... Wait a minute, Phil, wait a minute. I want to see what Rochester thought of that joke. Hello? 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 Rochester, hello? 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 Rochester, I just told a joke. Where were you? I had to answer the door. The man from the cleaners was here. Oh, what did he want? He found a 50-cent piece on the floor, and he wondered if it came out of your suit. I told him it wasn't yours. Rochester, what makes you so sure it didn't fall out of my suit? Oh, boss, come now! <laughs> what? Before you send a suit to the cleaners, you loosen the lining, finger the cuffs, turn all the pockets inside out, and then run the lint through the sieve three times. Oh, stop making things up. And if you want to hear the program, you better stay at the phone. Yes, sir. And by the way, the mailman was here and just left a package. A package? Uh, from Sears and Roebuck. You can be a blonde again. <laughs> good, good. That's the one that makes me look like Nelson Eddy. Now I've got to get on with the show, so don't hang up. Now, Phil, what were you talking about? Well, I was just going to say, Jackson, if you want to get some class on the program, how about doing something different, something entertaining, like, well, well, like letting Livy and me sing a song together. Hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. You'll sing with Phil, won't you, Mary? No, thanks. I sang with Phil before. What about it? I didn't mind him singing about turnip greens, but he kept time by hitting me on the head with a ham hock. 
Oh. All right, Livy, all right. So if that's the way you want to feel about it, don't sing with me. I just thought it would be nice to have a trio. Trio? You and Mary would make a nice trio? Yeah. Look, Phil, let me explain something to you. One is a solo, two is a duet. Now, if you add a third person, you've got a trio. Oh. And if you add a fourth person, you have a quartet. Uh-huh. Now, Phil, if you had four people and you found a fifth, what would you have? Throw me that lead again, will you? <laughs> All right. If you had four people and you found a fifth, what would you have? A quintet. I fooled you that time, didn't I? <laughs> Why, Phil, that's right. If you had a fifth, you'd have a quintet. Yeah, but they'd all be loaded. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Mary, I don't blame you for not wanting to sing with them. Phil knows absolutely nothing about music. I do, too. Phil, what you know about music, you could write on an ice cube with a branding iron. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Mary? Did you see the way the arranger has to write the music so Phil can read it? No, how? An eighth note is a diamond, a quarter note is a heart, a half note a club, and a whole note a spade. <laughs> Phil, you have your music written out in diamonds, hearts, clubs, and spades? Certainly. How do you read it? Well, it's simple. Look, here, I'll show you. Now, look at this sheet of music. See? Well, that makes no sense at all to me. Sure it does, Jackson. Take this bar, for instance. Now, you see those notes right here? One right after the other? Oh, you mean the scale? Scale? What's that? <laughs> what's that? Phil, what do you call this? That's a flush. <laughs> a flush. Well, look, Phil, what about this next bar? It has two notes, then a space, and then two more notes. That's an inside straight. <laughs> An inside straight. You mean you draw to it? If you play a violin, if you play a trumpet, you blow to it. <laughs> Mary, stop helping us. Phil, if you want to play your music by cards, that's all right with me. But what's this king doing here? That's Petrillo. <laughs> I should have known. All right, all right, we've had enough of that. It's time for a song. Dennis, Dennis. <sighs> Dennis, what are you yawning about? I didn't get any sleep last night. My mother and father had a big argument. An argument? Yeah, it was all about you. My mother said you were a jerk. <laughs> hmm. Then my father got up and said you were a great guy and a fine example of a man. Your father said that? May he rest in peace. <laughs> now stop being silly. Your father's sitting right out here in the audience. Yeah, doesn't he look awful? <laughs> Cut that out. Dennis. Why does your mother dislike Jack so much? Well, she used to go with Mr. Benny before she met my father. She did not. She says she did. What was your mother's name before she married your father? I didn't know her then. <laughs> of course you didn't. Now, come on, kid. Let's have your song. Okay. And face the telephone so Rochester can hear it, will you? And as the night 
Just like wine does No heart ever yearned The way that mine does For you And yet I know too well Someday you'll say goodbye And by all needs a hat rack. I can't understand why that didn't get a laugh. Norman Krasner liked it. And... That was Dennis Day singing his latest Victor recording. Matt, you can get killed around here. You know? <laughs> that was Dennis Day singing his latest Victor recording, Mamzelle. And now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> everything falls down on us, no rehearsals, anything happens here, you know? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, we're going to present our version of the Universal International Picture based on Betty McDonald's bestseller, The Egg and I. In our interpretation... Jack, you can't do The Egg and I. Fred Allen did it last week. I heard it, Don. But this won't conflict with the way Allen did it. You see, we're going to do a comedy version. <laughs> anyway, folks, in our play tonight... I will be Fred McMurray, and Mary Livingston will be Claudette Colbert. What part am I going to play, Jack? Well, Don, the scene takes place on a farm, so you can play the part of our pig. <laughs> oh, Jack, every time you do a farm sketch, I play the part of a pig. I want to do something else. Well, what would you like to be, Don? A canary. <laughs> Don, you a canary? Beep, 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 Well, that's not so bad. All right, Don, you can be the canary, but in order for people to believe it, do you happen to have a yellow suit? Yellow suit? No, no, I haven't. Oh. 
Well, why don't you step out in the street and put on a taxi cab? <laughs> and now for... Oh, wait a minute. Before we start, I want to go to the telephone and see if Rochester is enjoying the show. Hello? Hello? How do you like that? Rochester! Put on a coffee, honey! <laughs> Rochester, we're going to do a play and I want you to hear it. Okay, you're the boss. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the egg and I. As the scene opens, we find the newlyweds, Claudette and Fred, driving out to their new home. <laughs> Gee, <clears throat> gee, Claudette, I hope you like the new farmhouse I bought. Oh, I know I will, Mr. McMurray. Oh, you can call me Fred. We've been married a week now. <laughs> Remember after the preacher said I pronounce you man and wife, we turned to each other and shook hands? Oh, yes. And gee, <laughs> gee, you were nervous. I was not nervous. You were, too. You put the ring on the preacher's finger and gave me $10. <laughs> Ten dollars. Gee, I was nervous. Anyway, it <laughs> sure was a wonderful wedding. All our friends were there, the music played softly, and we made a lovely-looking couple as we marched down the aisle. Yes, but don't you think it would look nicer if I had carried the flowers? <laughs> they were bluebells. They went so well with my eyes. But, darling, wasn't it exciting as we drove away from the church with those shoes tied in back of the car? Yeah. I wonder what made them bounce like that. My mother was still in them. <laughs> oh, yes. I cut her loose when we went through Anaheim. <laughs> they can always use another smudge pot there. <laughs> well, here we are. Look, darling, there's our new home. Gee, it sure looks run down. Yeah, but we'll fix it up. There's the man from the real estate office. Oh, mister... Mr. Yes. <laughs> I, I just bought this house. Uh, you're the man from the real estate office, aren't you? Yes, Nelson's the name. I'm here to show you around. Gee, what a peculiar style of architecture this house has. It's not French Normandy. Is it early American? No, crummy colonial. <laughs> well, let's go inside. Come on, honey. All right. I'm talking to my wife. Oh, now follow me. Here's the front door. Hmm. A few quarts of oil will fix that. Uh, come on, Fred, let's go in. Just follow me, folks. I'll show you through the house. This is the living room. This is the dining room. And this is the bedroom. Gee. Uh, Mr. Nelson, does the bathroom have a tile floor? Shall we go out and see? <laughs> oh. I'd like to see the kitchen. Right through this door. There. Isn't it a beauty? Well, I don't know. The stove looks very old and awfully dirty. 
Oh, that's just a little dust. I'll blow it off. Mister, have you tried Sensen? <laughs> Never mind that. Gee, this this place does look run down. Yes, but with a little work, you can make it look like a million dollars. Whoops. <laughs> well, it's getting kind of late. I better go. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Nelson. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Nelson. Mr. Nelson! Oh, you, nobody wants me to have any fun. Goodbye. <laughs> well, darling, here we are in our own little home. Well, we better start getting to sleep. You're on a farm, you have to get up at four in the morning. You're right, sweetheart. Good night. Good night. Good night. Get out of here! <laughs> Darling. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> Darling, you're snoring. No, no, that's the rooster. It's morning. Oh, oh. Well, you hurry and get breakfast ready. I'll go out and milk the cows. It's a good thing I slept in my clothes. <laughs> my, it's pitch dark this early in the morning. Now, where's that milking pail? Ah, here it is. Easy, bossy, easy. That's a good girl, bossy. Easy, bossy, easy. Gee, I can't seem to find... Uh-oh, wrong end. <laughs> now, now. Easy, bossy, easy. Ah, there you are, bossy. Now hold still while I fix the pail and stool. There. That's a good girl. Oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> oh, la, 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 la. La, 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 la. Oh, la, 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 la. Hmm, better change. Oh, Fred, are you through milking? I'm not, but I think the cow is. <laughs> hey, hey, what are you holding? Look, I just found it. It's a black kitten with a white stripe down its back. Well, shucks. If that isn't the cutest little... 
Kitty, have you tried Sen Sen? <laughs> now, Claudette, don't stand around. We've got to feed the animals. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, look, Fred, isn't it cute the way our canary follows us around? Yeah. Now, shoo, canary, shoo, shoo. We've got to feed the chickens. Here, chick, 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 chick. Come on, chick, 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 chick. Here's some corn for you. Uh, oh, Fred, look at that hen sitting on the nest. Where? Oh, yes. Now we've got breakfast. Well, I better get some uh, oats for the horse, hay for the cow, and... What happened? Our canary stepped on the pig and killed it. <laughs> too bad. What a canary. I should have gotten suspicious when he bent the bars in his cage. Uh, Claudette, uh, Claudette, maybe the canary is hungry. He can't be. A little while ago, I gave him a side of beef. I'll give him the other side. Now, let's get on with the... Oh, look, here comes someone. Hello. Howdy, neighbors. Howdy. Zeke Harris is my name. Live right over the hill from you. Well, do you have a farm over there? Yep, I raise a little of this, a little of that, mostly corn. For your pigs? No, for my still. Oh, you, you have a still? Yes, sir. She'll make 20 gallons a day. 20 gallons a day? That isn't much. Ain't bad, my old lady don't drink. <laughs> we just moved in here, Zeke. How long have you been living around this section? Well, now, let me see here. I moved here in 1918. That's 1947. That's uh, 15 years. Wait a minute, Zeke. From 1918 to now, it's 29 years you've lived here. Well, we don't count the 14 years of prohibition as little. <laughs> oh. oh, got any children? Yeah, I've got two sons, but we ain't seen them since they run away with the circus. That was 10 years ago. Sure, missed the boy. <laughs> Both of them left. Maybe one of them will come back. Ain't likely. They're Siamese twins. <laughs> oh, Siamese twins, eh? Yep, they're pretty attached to each other. <laughs> oh, Zeke, if you just had a partner, you'd be another one of them Lum and Abners. By the way, Zeke, is that field over there part of your farm? Yep, that's the place where I raised the tobacco. That's my hired hands out there picking it. Where? Right over there. Reuben, Reuben, we've been thinking what a sad world this would be If we had no Betty Crable and no LSMFT Reuben, Reuben, we've been working, raising those tobacco sprigs To make a pack of Lucky Strike for Effie Boone and Speedy Riggs well, once they went down to the city just to see a burly queue, they came back and brought a sample round and firm with eyes of blue. 
Moving, moving, we're not joking. Makes no difference where we roam. We will always keep on smoking. Lucky's till the cows come home. Your farm hands are pretty good. Yes, sir. They sing all the time. Hiya, neighbors. Howdy, Zeke. Good to see you all. Well, hello. Uh, uh, Maul Kettle is the name. Live right down the road. Which house? No house, just down the road. <laughs> no house? Yep, she's married to Paul Kettle, the laziest man in the state. He's the laziest man in the world. One day he sat on an acorn. Twenty years later, we had to shake him out of the tree. No kidding. Well, what do you know? Here comes Paul Kettle, the lazy critter now. Name is Dennis, but folks call him Paul. Howdy, Paul. Hi, Zeke. Hi, folks. Ma, put your arms around me and squeeze me. I feel like exhaling. <laughs> there, that feels better. Any place to lie down around here? Oh, Paul, stand up for a while. Uh, by the way, what are you folks figuring on raising here? Chickens. Oh, wouldn't try it if I were you. Tried to raise some myself a few years ago. Never had any luck. What happened? Bought ten hens that laid a lot of eggs, but none of them never did hatch. Well, how many roosters did you have? Oh, roosters. <laughs> hmm. Well, I guess I better be going along now. Gotta go home and help my pig write a letter. Your pig writes a letter? Oh, yeah, I just tell him how to spell, and he already has the pen and oink. <laughs> Kettle, you may be a hick, but... Why don't you finish? Too lazy. <laughs> well, look, my wife and I are just going in to have breakfast. Why don't you folks come in and join us? That's okay with me. Me too. Pick me up, Ma. Well, come on. Let's all go in and... Hey, wait a minute. What happened to Zeke? Where's Zeke Harris? Oh, he had to run along. He's got his own show. <laughs> what? I can stay till Wednesday. <laughs> As you listen to the chant of the tobacco auctioneer, remember, L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. Mr. Porter G. Wall, Sr. of Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, has been an independent tobacco buyer for 29 years, and he said, I've seen plenty of good fine tobacco bought by the makers of Lucky Strike at auction after auction. Tobacco that's really fine. For 14 years now, I've smoked Lucky's myself. Quote, I've seen plenty of good, fine tobacco bought by the makers of Lucky Strike. Unquote. Remember, independent tobacco experts like Mr. Wall can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Yes. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco means real deep down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Save your hair, you spit. Shampoo. 
F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents The Fitch Bandwagon, starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. When her new dress arrives from the store, a woman will invariably drop whatever she's doing to try it on. That's why we find Alice Faye at 10 o'clock yesterday morning in an evening gown. Well, how do you like it, babies? Oh, Mommy, that's a beautiful dress. Oh, thank you, Alice. Can we be here when you tell Daddy how much it costs? <laughs> why, Phyllis? He makes such funny noises when you write out the check. <laughs> No, it's not the cost, honey. It's just that it's such an effort for him to write. <laughs> What's the new dress for, Mommy? Well, Alice, your daddy and I are going to a party tonight. A party? Are you sure your dress is the right color? Why, Alice, it's a beautiful shade of chartreuse. I know, but won't it clash with Daddy's lavender tuxedo? <laughs> no. No, he doesn't wear that since the ostrich feather lapel started molting. Oh, oh, so this is where you kids are hanging out. Oh, look at them, those pretty things. How are my three little blondes this morning? Ickle, bickle, and schmickle. <laughs> Alice and Phyllis, you run along now. I want to talk to your father. All right, Mommy. Phil, come in here a minute. Look what I've got on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You like them eyelashes better than your own? <laughs> they are my own I mean, the new dress oh, 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 yes, the dress Hey, hey, kid, that's a honey You really like it? Like it? Oh, kid You look prettier than Gloria Swanson and Penthouse Mothers <laughs> Hey, but hey, uh, look uh, this why, uh, why the new dress? Well, we're going to a party at the Beverly Hills Club tonight A party? Mm-hmm 20th Century Fox is giving a buffet supper and dance. Mr. Zanuck and all the executives will be there. Oh, honey. You know how I feel about going to parties. And anyways, those guys at your studio have hated me ever since I married you. Oh, don't be silly. That's not true. Then how come when we announced our engagement, they offered me 50 grand to go to South America? <laughs> Imagine them making me a proposition like that. Yes. By the way, how long was it you stayed down there? One year. Not <laughs> I don't want to go to no studio party. Why can't we go someplace where they talk my language? Phil, I didn't buy this dress to wear to the zoo. <laughs> okay, kid, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, make fun of me. You've made me go to these parties before, and you know I feel like a goon. We walk in, and... Everybody rushes up and says, Oh, Alice, darling, how are you, Alice? It's so nice to see you. Uh, Alice, honey, have you seen Hedda yet? You're looking wonderful. Lolly's back, you know. <laughs> then they look at me and say, Will someone get a rag and wipe up this mess? <laughs> oh, come on, Filthy. You'll go to the party for your little blonde-headed baby, won't you? Well? Great big daddy's just got to do it for his itty-bitty snookums. Goochie, goochie, goochie. Oh, oh, come on, baby. Oh, kid, when you start baiting your hook with that stuff, you know I'm a gone fish. <laughs> Phil, Phil, will you get the back door? 
dear, I guess I'll have to get it. And I still have this evening gown on. Who is it? Mamus Faye, Julius Abruzio. I got your groceries. Here, I'll unhook the door. Thanks. Gee, Miss Faye, look at you. Wow, you're beautiful. Oh, thank you, Julius. Miss Faye, do you think a guy's whole life could change in two seconds? I don't know, Julius. Why? Well, when you opened that door and I seen you in that dress, all of a sudden a lone ranger didn't mean a thing no more. <laughs> Well, I was just trying it on. Mr. Harris and I are going to a dinner dance tonight. The lucky stiff. Miss Faye, would you dance with me? Now? Here in the kitchen? Yeah. It ain't a kitchen, Miss Faye. It's a beautiful ballroom. The sink is a gorgeous fountain with colored lights all around it. The frigidaire is a pair of French windows with the moonlight shining through. And the garbage pail? Yes? That's your husband's orchestra. <laughs> Goodbye, Julius. Farewell, soulmate. Oh, dear, I better get this dress off before... Bill! Bill! Yeah, what is it? The front door. Will you get it? I have to go up and change. Okay, honey, okay, I'll get it. Ah, uh, excuse me, Mr. Harry. Oh, chicken. How are you, chicken? Come on in. Well, thank you. I was just out drumming up a little news for the Encino Gazette. Thought I'd drop in and say howdy. Well, good. Well, good for you. <laughs> How are you, chicken? How's your family? Oh, we can't complain. We're all in table condition. Oh, <laughs> well, that's great. Where's the missus? Oh, she's upstairs trying on a new dress, you see. I'm taking her to one of them dinner dances tonight. Well, now, that's real thoughty of you. What sort of party are you going to? Well, it's one of them dinner dance affairs, and it's in Beverly Hills. Oh, a hoedown, huh? <laughs> no, no, not exactly, chicken. You see, well, 20th Century Alice's studio has given it, and it's more of a great big Hollywood party. Oh, that's Cyro's crowd. Mm. Well... <laughs> In that case, I might cover it from a paper. You will? Yeah, we could use a good fight story. <laughs> no, no, chicken. I, I don't think there's going to be any of that. Yeah, well, I better be running along now, Mr. Harris. Uh, uh, by the way, here's your mail. I picked it up on the way in. Well, thank you, chicken. So long. Oh. You're a nice guy. Gee, look at this stack of mail. Nothing but bills and magazines. Let's see. There's Life, Look, Collier's. Comic politician. Oh, that must be Cosmopolitan. There's a girl on the cover. <laughs> hey, look at this ad on the back. Look at this. I was a wallflower until I learned the rumba. Miss B of Maplewood, New Jersey says, Arthur Murray transformed me from a shy, inarticulate girl into a posed, self-possessed young woman. Gee... If he could do that for her, what could he do with a lovely thing like me? <laughs> oh, Harris, this is for you. Hey, Alice. Hey, Goldilocks. What do you want, Phil? Oh, look, kid. Harris is going to Arthur Murray's. Your what? You heard me. He's going to transform me into a self-possessed young woman. Phil. <laughs> Phil, what's this all about? You'll find out, Conchita. I got to beat it now. Look, I got a recording date downtown. But, Phil! Oh, South America, take me away. <laughs> 
Hiya, Frankie. Hey, look, kid, are the uh, fellas all set up? Yeah, Curly, we're recording right here in Studio B. Good. Look, did you get those guys I told you for that little Dixieland combination? Oh, yeah. Besides me, there's uh, Itchy, Twitchy, Stitchy, and Fitchy. <laughs> Fitchy? Yeah. His clarinet's backed by one of the world's largest insurance companies. <laughs> oh, had some sleep, huh? Yeah, look, yeah. kid, have they rehearsed yet? Uh, no, you want them to? Heck no. It's once out of the lard bucket for Harris. Come on, let's go, fellas. One, two... <laughs> Now, Bigfoot Joe was a so-and-so just as mean as any man could be. And only last night he started a fight and he was picking on poor little me. He said, I'm gonna cut you three ways, frequent, deep, and wide. I looked that boy right in the eye and then softly I replied. I said, now look here, Joe, you big, I know. But before you climb my frame, you better wait, you better cogitate about my given name. Cause I'm George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Robert E. Lee. Now they've been long gone, but I keep thinking about the names handed down to me. Love, life, and liberty, they all are free, but they ain't nobody gonna mess with me. Cause I'm George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Robert E. Lee, that's me. From the land of the brave and the free. Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Robert E. Lee. Now they've been long gone, but I keep thinking about the names handed down to me. Love, life, and liberty, they all are free, and ain't nobody gonna backwater me, cause I'm George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Robert E. Lee. That's me, from the land of the brave and the free. Now look here, boy, before you get that razor out, there's one more thing that you should know about. I got a bulletproof vest and a razor-proof collar, a big 44 that'll make you holler. So listen to me, boy, you're fooling with Kilroy. You will soon be wearing wings, boy, up there where the angels sing. Cause I'm George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Robert E. Lee, that's me from Nashville, Tennessee. Bodily exercise is important, and authorities agree it's just as important to exercise your scalp. The best way is by massage. The Fitch Company announces the new Fitch Scalp Massage Brush Combination for a limited time in the United States only at a tremendous savings to you. It's the famous Scalp Massage Brush Combination containing a rubber scalp massage brush scientifically designed with 86 flexible fingers to stimulate the blood supply. A six-ounce bottle of Fitch's new quinoil hair tonic blended from five essential oils to keep your hair well-groomed and a six-ounce bottle of Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo. Use the massage brush with Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo for a reconditioning treatment that leaves your scalp invigorated, your hair clean and dandruff-free. Between shampoos, the rubber scalp massage brush can be used for a daily vigorous scalp massage. 
Fitch's dandruff removal shampoo completely removes dandruff at the first application under a money-back guarantee. This money-saving combination is available at your drug counters in a convenient carry-home package. A $1.60 value for only 99 cents. Ask for Fitch's scalp massage brush combination. And Fitch is spelt F-I-T-C-H. That was swell, fellas. So long. Look, I'll see you Sunday, Frankie. What's your hurry, Curly? I gotta beat it. I'm going over to Arthur Murray's. Well, yeah, when did he get a liquor license? <laughs> Character. Look, I'm going over there and take some rumble lessons. Rumble lessons? Oh, Curly, not you, who was known as Lounge Lizard Harris, the king of the Lindy Hoppers. <laughs> Look, Frankie, I gotta do it. Me and Alice is going to one of them studio parties, and I don't want to be no cauliflower. Oh, Curly, in the old days you didn't worry about no fancy dancing You just did like the rest of us Grabbed the dame by the ears and jumped up and down I know, Frankie, but this is a case of social necessity Hmm? Sure Hey, you remember the time in 28 we crashed that fireman's ball in Scranton? Oh, Frankie, remember it Yeah, you were doing a Diamond Jim Remley that night <laughs> I was? Sure, around midnight I seen you drinking warm beer out of a fireman's boot <laughs> Yeah, then someone turned in an alarm We grabbed the ladder, put it up against the hotel And pulled three girls out of a five-story window Yeah Hey, but Frankie, how come we got arrested? Curly, the joint wasn't on fire <laughs> Yeah them were the days, though, huh, Remley? Yeah. We really broke it down, boy I'll never forget that blues singer in New Orleans Torchy Lamar. She's pretty nuts about you. Who wasn't? <laughs> yeah, but that kid was a honey. Yeah. She was the, the hold most... Hold that up. Hold it quiet. Shh. Take hmm? it easy. Not so loud with that talk. What's the matter? The movie star, the battle and strife. She's got Pinkerton men all up and down the alleys now. <laughs> oh, yeah, Curly. I forgot talking about dames to you is like waving a red flag in front of a dead bull. Well, here I am, Arthur Murray's. I see bone lot of tea, la cucha racha, la mosey, basso della tutti. Oh, wait till I latch onto that rumba. Oh, Harris, you're going to put that Caesar Romero out of business. Oh, take me in here. Good afternoon. Are you Mr. Murray? No, I'm not. I'm the receptionist. Oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Phil Harris. Could you recept me a couple of rumba lessons? Yes, Mr. Harris. Your wife just called. Oh, she did? Yes, she wanted to make sure that you got the right teacher. Oh, well, gee, that's fine. Now, let me see. Oh, yes, your class is waiting in Studio 7. Studio 7? <laughs> Which way do I Gugio? The first door to your left, right down the hall. Okay, honey. Hey, that receptionist wasn't a bad-looking chick, was she? Pretty cute thing. I hope I get a teacher as pretty as that. Oh, here's the door. Um, excuse me, is this Studio 7? No, this is the Legion Stadium, and I'm Man Mountain D. <laughs> 
Well, I'm Phil Harris. You can't be my teacher. Well, you needn't take that attitude. I'm just as disgusted as you are. <laughs> now, get over there with the rest of the class. But wait a minute. I thought that... Go! Shoot! Oh, all right. Attention, class. Now, we start the rumble with the left foot. Will you each raise your left foot? Good. Now, the right foot. Mr. Harris, please just raise one foot at a time. Well, why didn't you say so? I'm sorry, class. You'll have to bear with me. We get one of these every moose mating season. <laughs> now we'll start with the basic box step. All together now, after me. Front, side together, rear. Side together, front, side together, rear, side together. Now, have you got it? I got it, Buster. Now, how do I get rid of it? <laughs> Mr. Harris, you're fighting me. Now, we'll do it with music. <laughs> front, side together, rear, side together, front, side together, rear, side together, slow, quick, quick, front. Side together, red. Stop! Side Stop together, this up. Stop. What's the matter, Doc? Oh, everyone else is perfect, but you, Mr. Harris, you front-sided when you should have rear-sided. <laughs> I did? Gab. <laughs> now, class, let's take it again. All together. Front. front side together, together rear. Side together, slow, quick, quick, turn, side together, front, side together. I believe. I believe, I believe in wishing well And I also believe in a lot of things Things the daisy tells I believe, I believe That a four-leaf clover brings Lots of luck, lots of joy, lots of happiness I believe those things And when it's Christmas I believe in Santa Claus Why do I believe I guess that I believe because I believe, yes, I believe I believe that dreams come true If you'll wish for the dream by a wishing well Don't tell the wish or you'll break the spell It may sound naive, but that's what I believe I believe, yes, I believe in the stars that sail the sky. And I also believe in the zodiac, mm -hmm. yes, and Gemini. I believe, I believe that your luck will show again if you manage to borrow a rabbit's foot for your pocket chain. Aladdin had a lamp, he rubbed it an awful lot. I don't need a lamp, I only need the faith I've got. I believe, I believe that it's all within your heart. Once 
Once you've learned how to smile with an empty purse, you're richer than all of the universe. Rainbows up your sleeve, and that's what I After spending the afternoon mastering the technique of slow, quick, quick, Phil pronounced himself an expert at the rumba. And so later that evening, we find Mr. and Mrs. Harris driving up in front of the Beverly Hills Club for the uh, studio party. Well, honey, here we are. Phil Harris, what's wrong with you? What do you mean? The way you drove down here, you were all over the street. Oh, I was practicing, kid. <laughs> You know, I got the only Cadillac in town that can do a front side together in low gear coming down Wiltshire Boulevard. Well, let's go in. The party's already started. Okay, honey, I'm ready. Phil, come over here in the light a minute. What's the matter now? I thought so. You wore your lavender tuxedo. And what's that underneath it? Oh, that? Oh, that's a rumba sash. All us South Americans wear them. <laughs> Where'd you get it? I borrowed it off Frankie, the guitar player. Well, look what it says on it. Vote for Jack LaRue, city councilman. <laughs> yeah, ain't it pretty? Oh, brother, what an evening this will be. Well, let's go in. Oh, Phil. Phil, there's Harry. I haven't seen him in ages. Alice, darling, how are you? So glad you could come. You're looking charming. Oh, I'm looking charming, too. Thank you, Harry. My, it looks like everybody from the studio's here. Yes, yes, the same old gang. Uh, waiter, would you bring Miss Faye some punch? I'm her husband. Oh, yes, yes, to be sure. <laughs> You're the chap with the band, aren't you? That's right, Harry. Of course. How are you, Mr. Lombardo? <laughs> Listen, I'm not... Come, Alice, we've got a million people over here just dying to meet you. Uh, we'll see you later, guy. But I... Alice! Oh, let him go. Waiter, bring me some punch. I should have punched him right in the nose. That's what I should Good have evening. done. Good evening. Oh, hello. You don't know me, but I know you. You do? Of course. You're Mr. Faye. <laughs> well, that's better than Lombardo. <laughs> Lovely party, isn't it? Uh, I hadn't noticed it. Oh, they're playing a rumba. Oh, are they? I mean, uh, well, gee, uh, uh, let's get in there. Uh, uh, would you like to dance? Oh, I'd love to. Oh, my, my. You danced the rumba as though you've done it for years. Oh, sure, sure, lady. I'm the guy who taught it to Arthur Murray. <laughs> as I said to my daughter yesterday... Dancing really keeps one young. Front, side together, rear, side together. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. What did you say? I said dancing really keeps one looking young. Oh, sure, sure. Is this your first time at it? <laughs> I beg your pardon. Slow, quick, quick, turn, side together. Oh! <laughs> you hit my knee. Oh, well, I I I'm sorry, lady. Let's try it again. Front, side together, turn, side together. Oh! 
Egad, I knocked the old lady's kneecap off. <laughs> that was my compact. Now, would you please help me to my table? You crippled me. Well, I couldn't help it, lady. You quick, quick, right into my rear side. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Why'd you drag me out here in the lobby? We're leaving. The dance committee asked me to take you home. <laughs> home? What did I do? What did you do? You disgraced me. But how? Phil, how many women did you dance with this evening? Oh, I don't know. They all wanted me. About, uh, about 15 of them. Why? Well, the whole 15 of them are in the powder room. Looks like the fracture ward at General Hospital. <laughs> Well, can I help it if they don't know how to rumba? That's not the worst of it. You know that elderly woman you danced with first? Oh, yeah. I seen them carrying her out. <laughs> well, she happens to be Mrs. Murdoch. Her son is head of production under Daryl Zanuck. Well, well, isn't that too bad? If you're worried about that kid, I'll go back and straighten everything out. Phil, where are you going? Inside and ask Mr. Zanuck to rumba. One. Oh. Phil will be back in just a moment. Almost everyone likes to do things the easy way, especially in maintaining hair health. That's why thousands are so enthusiastic about Fitch's rubber scalp massage brush. With its 86 flexible fingers, this handy massage brush provides a simple, more efficient way to stimulate scalp circulation. But it does even more, for when you use it with Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo, you actually have a reconditioning treatment that tones up your sluggish scalp, leaves your hair clean and dandruff-free. You get both the brush and Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo in the new Fitch Scalp Massage Brush Combination, available in the United States for a limited time only. This offer also includes the new Fitch Quin Oil Hair Tonic, blended from five essential oils for perfect hair grooming. You get all three in the new Fitch Scalp Massage Brush Combination. First, the Scalp Massage Brush. Second, a generous six-ounce bottle of Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo, guaranteed to remove dandruff. And third, a six-ounce bottle of the new Fitch Quin Oil Hair Tonic. A regular dollar and sixty cent value in a convenient carry-home package only 99 cents. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. Ladies and gentlemen, before we say goodnight, I'd like to say a few words to my Texas friends. Next Sunday, after our broadcast, Jack Benny, Rochester, Alice, myself, and a lot of outstanding Hollywood stars are coming down to do a benefit show for our friends in Texas City. Our first show will be Monday night, the 28th, in Galveston, Texas. And then Tuesday, the 29th, we'll be in Houston, and we're going to look forward to seeing you all because, as you know, it's a very worthy cause, and we're going to have a lovely show. And I want to give our thanks for Jackson and myself to Governor Buford Jester of Texas for his lovely wire. Don't forget, next week we'll be looking for you. Daylight saving time becomes effective in certain areas next Sunday, April 27th. 
This may change the time at which the Fitch Bandwagon program is heard in your community. Please check your local paper for the time at which this program will be heard next week and each week thereafter. So tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program was written by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosier, directed by Paul Phillips, with the original music composed and conducted by Walter Sharp. Included in the cast were Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Tetley, Pat Buttram, and Elliot Lewis. Alice Fay appears with the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. Laugh a while, let a song be as values, bitch. Get the new Fitch Scalp Massage Brush combination in the convenient carry-home package. A regular dollar and sixty cent value, only ninety-nine cents. Contains one, a six-ounce Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo, two, a six-ounce quin oil hair tonic, three, a rubber scalp massage brush. All three value a dollar and sixty cents. Special price for limited time only, ninety-nine cents. This is NBC, the national broadcasting. The Jell-O program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with Jamboree. Bright blue skies, the first baseball games of the season. Gay new fashions, these are sure signs of spring. And spring calls for a fresh touch when planning your menus, too. And what could be more in keeping with the season than a shimmering mold of Jell-O, bright in its springtime colors. Jell-O is a great favorite with everybody at every season of the year, but particularly in the spring, thanks to its refreshing taste of fresh, ripe fruit. It's grand for dessert in any of its six delicious flavors, strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. And it's versatile, too. For in addition to grand desserts, it also makes tempting salads. But whether you serve Jell-O as a salad or as a dessert, be sure to get the real thing, genuine Jell-O. No other gelatin dessert has Jell-O's extra-rich fruit flavor. So ask for Jell-O by name and look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. from Top of the Town, played by Phil Harris and his orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, uh, Phil, has our guest star arrived yet? Yes, Don, he just got here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, guest appearances of famous film celebrities on radio programs are all the vogue. So contrary to our usual procedure, Jell-O brings you this evening a personality whose meteoric rise to film stardom has been nothing short of phenomenal. It is my pleasure to present that famous Paramount star and romantic screen lover... Mr. Jack Benny. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Benny, on behalf of Jell-O and the members of our cast, uh, we welcome you here tonight. Uh, thank you, Mr. Wilson. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to... Oh, will you stand just a little closer to the microphone, please? Oh, yes. I'm really not used to microphones. Or mics, as you radio people call them. 
<laughs> now, Mr. Benny, I'm sure that our listeners would like to know something of the more personal things about you and your sparkling career. Well, I'll be only too glad to act we... To, uh, to oblige, uh, because I want my public to know the real me, R-E-A-L, as well as the real me, R-E-E-L. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mr. Benny, of the many, many pictures you have made, which one do you personally think you excelled in? All of them. Mm. <laughs> hello, Don. Oh, hello, Mary. Oh, Mary, uh, we have a guest here with us tonight, Jack Benny, the famous film star. Jack Benny? Oh, boy. Gee, what a surprise. <laughs> I can't get over how much he looks like Gary Cooper's chauffeur. <laughs> Silly girl. Uh, would you mind giving me your autograph, Mr. Benny? Uh, yes, yes. Later. Oh, well, don't b bother learning to write just for that. Well, Mary, please. Now, uh, Mr. Benny, here's a rather intimate question, and uh, you can answer it or not just as you please. Uh, go right ahead, Mr. Wilson. Is uh, Jack Benny your right name? Yes, Condemned. <laughs> I see. And uh, what was it before you condensed it? Uh, you mean my family name? Yes. If they ever put that in life, Neon would declare an extra dividend. Hmm. Now, Mr. Wilson, I didn't come here to be ridiculed. Uh, you know, Mr. Benny, I saw your last picture, College Holiday. Mm -hmm. And I thought you were marvelous when you made love to Martha Ray. Well, thank you. Did you like that scene? I'll say. Is that Martha Ray's mouth as big as it looks on the screen? Big? That's where they made Lost Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're spoofing, Mr. Benny. Well, I think a little humor adds spice to an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Now, getting back to our little tete a -tete, uh, what is your next starring vehicle? Uh, well, of course, Mr. Wilson, this is uh, entree new, uh, meaning between us. But they are seriously discussing me for the lead in Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind? Yes, but I can't quite see myself as Rhett Butler. Can you? No! That's what I thought. <laughs> now, Mr. Benny, there's one more question the ladies in particular would be very much interested in. Do you mind telling us your age? Uh, what was that? Do you mind telling us your age? I'm uh, just 31. He minds. Mary, please. Somebody has a cue. In yeah, that's your cue right there, Jack. And the line starts out, it's all right, Mr. Wilson. No, that's hello, fellas. Huh? Oh. oh, is that on? Oh, we of the cinema can take it. Mine is scratched off. Mine is scratched off. Well, on you. Scratched off, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, of course, I'll tell you, I'm a movie celebrity, and really, I'm not used to this sort well, of work at all. <laughs> hello, Don. Hiya, fellows. Oh, hello, Kitty. I want you to meet our guest star of the evening, Jack Benny. Oh, boy, a real movie star. Wow. Are you, uh, are you thrilled, young man? Yeah. Would you like my autograph? <laughs> I didn't get your name. Who are you? Ken Baker, condensed. Oh, what do you do on the radio, Mr. Baker? Well, I, uh... I, uh... You sing, Joe. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mary. She always helps me out. Well, that's nice. Pardon me, Mr. Benny, I'm Phil Harris. Oh, yes, yes. I just wanted to tell you that when you were in New York recently, I made a picture at Paramount, and they let me use your dressing room. Uh, yes, I did grant that permission. You know, I never realized what a beautiful head of hair you had until I saw it on the shelf. <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, that was my chess piece. I was making a test for Tarzan. <laughs> well, Mr. Wilson, I must be off. I have an appointment with my director. Oh, just a minute, Mr. Benny, before you leave. Uh, would it be too presumptuous if I asked you what your favorite dessert is? Uh, well, the first letter of my favorite dessert is also one of my initials. Uh, that might be Jell-O. It better be. And I am partial to each one of the six delicious flavors. Do you uh, look for the big red letters on the box? Do I? Intently. <laughs> and uh, why do you do it, Mr. Benny? <laughs> to be sure that it's genuine Jell-O. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, Mr. Wilson, for permitting me to give a message to my fans. And thank you, my fans, for your patient indulgence. Au revoir. <laughs> Say, Don, wasn't Jack silly to do a thing like that? Yeah. Hey, was that our Jack? Oh, play, Phil. Turn Off the Moon, played by Phil Harris and his orchestra. Wasn't I crazy, folks, pretending to be a guest star on my own program? You didn't fool me. I know, Getty. But the reason I did that was because I was guest of honor at Phil Harris's opening Tuesday night at the Coconut Grove, and I didn't get a chance to say anything. In fact, I wasn't even introduced. I'm sorry, Jack. And another thing, Phil, you should have seen the table you reserved for me. What was wrong with it? Well, there was nothing wrong with the table but the location. I finally had an argument with the head waiter about my check. You did? Yeah, he wanted me to pay a California sales tax, and I was sitting in Arizona. You know, Jack, I was wondering why I didn't see you at the Coconut Grove. I was there. Me too. Oh, where, where were you sitting, Mary? Oh, I had a piece of the table right up next to the orchestra. Me too. Did you, uh, have a good time, Mary? Yes, except the bass player kept knocking my compact out of my hand. Me too. Kenny, you can't, don't carry a compact. Just for that joke, I do. Hmm. Well, it was a nice affair, though, wasn't it, Mary? Mm, gosh, I had a lot of fun. 
But, gee, was that dance floor crowded? Oh, was Don there, too? <laughs> I'll say he was. We danced the rumba together. Me, too. Me, too. Me, too. Me, too. Who did you dance with, Kenny? Mary or Don? I don't know. Crowd's getting me excited. <laughs> Well, Don, that is a surprise. I didn't know you could dance. Boy, I do some mean trucking. Oh. He danced with me five times. Oh, I don't believe it. I'll show you my flat slipper. Well, I wish I'd have had that good a time. Anyway, Phil, I still want to congratulate you. It was a very swanky affair and a great tribute to you. Thanks, Jack. How did my orchestra sound? Well, Phil, I got to give you credit for a fellow who knows absolutely nothing about music. You certainly get away with murder. Yes, don't we? No use, Phil. I'm going to keep that watch. Come in. Hello, Bud. Just thought I'd drop in on you. Well, well, if it isn't Lawrence Tibbet. <laughs> Say, Abby, I'm glad to see you, but you're dressed up quite formal for a Sunday afternoon, aren't you? Can't help it, Buck. I put this dress shirt on for Phil's opening Tuesday night, and I can't get it on. <laughs> Oh, that's too bad. Doggone, my mother was right. She said a collar button was better than cement. <laughs> and I'll never wear a dress shirt again. Well, I don't blame you. Next time I have to go out fancy, I'm going to whitewash my chest. <laughs> Say, that's a great idea. So you were at the Copeland Grove, huh, Andy? <laughs> yep, and I had two dances with Mary. Didn't I, Mary? <laughs> yep. Well, the place was kind of crowded, wasn't it? <laughs> Crowded, I fell down four times and never hit the floor. <laughs> it's a good thing I had my spurs on. Your spurs on? <laughs> Mary, what are you laughing at? Now I know what bit me. <laughs> well, Andy, come here. While Kenny is singing, I'll try to get your dress shirt off. You won't catch cold, will you? No, I got a Mackinac on under it. Oh, well, come here. Sing, Kelly. Oh, uh-huh. 
sung by Kenny Baker. And tonight, Kenny, just for a change, I'm not going to tell you how good it was. That's right. No... <laughs> oh, you can't be spoiled, Kenny. I can't, eh? Yeah. This morning I was singing in my backyard and two robins applauded. Well, <laughs> the birds I get aren't so encouraging. <laughs> no, sir. Especially that one in Cleveland. Quiet. <laughs> And now, and now, ladies and gentlemen, see if I've got the right script. Oh, yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction this evening, we are going to present something new and entirely different. This accident, or play, is a very subtle and sophisticated English drawing room drama entitled Lady Millicent's Husband, or Mutton Mutton Who's Got the Chop. Now, I will play the part of Lord... Of Lord Stanley Puffypan, a retired loafer. Mary Livingston will be Lady Millicent, my current wife, who has just made me the latest link in her long chain of husbands. The rest of the cast, including the orchestra and whoever else shows up, will be Lady Millicent's ex-husband. So immediately after the next number, we will uh, take you to the ancestral mansion of the uh, Puffypan, located at Ketchup on the Vest, near London. Play Mr. Addis.
Boogaloo, played by Phil Harrison as Orchestra. Now for our English drawing room drama, Lady Millicent's Husband, or Tea for Too Many. As the uh, curtain rises, we find Lord Puffypan in the drawing room, boring himself for a change. Everybody all set? Uh, Kitty-o, Rava, and Pip-Pip. Pip-Pip! Hooray! <laughs> all right, let's go. Remember your accent, fellows. Uh, curtain... Music. <laughs> Lord Puffypan's castle, are you there? Just a moment, please, I'll inquire. Uh, who is it, Hebe? Long distance from Australia, sir. Your Uncle Egbert calling. Uncle Egbert? Uh, yes, he wishes to know how you are. Uh, tell him quite well. Uh, very good, sir. Hello? He's feeling quite well. Goodbye. Well, it was jolly nice talking to Uncle Egbert again. <laughs> you know, I haven't heard from him in 14 years. Really, sir? Yeah, next time he calls, I must ask him how he feels. <laughs> oh, he's... Have you seen her ladyship about? She's in the billiard room, sir, waiting for her cue. Oh, well, put some chalk on her and shoot her in. Uh, good afternoon, Stanley. Oh, there you are, Millicent. Uh, uh, did, you, did you sleep well? Uh, no, Grandpapa was walking about the halls all night long. Uh, Grandpapa? Well, why didn't you lock him up? It wouldn't do any good. He's a ghost, you know. Oh, yes. I thought he looked a bit pale. Uh, what are you reading there, Stanley? Uh, the latest cricket scores, my dear. Most exciting. Any upset? Oh, rather. <laughs> London Braves, seven. Liverpool Giants, nil. Well, here's something of interest. Your cousin Ronald passed away. Ronnie? Why, I was talking to him only yesterday afternoon. Uh, must have been a rather dull chat. He died yesterday morning. Uh, let me see that article. Well, the least they could have done was to keep it off of the amusement page. Uh, Right-ho, he never amused me. I wonder how they could tell he was dead. Oh, they have a way, I suppose. I say, Millie, look at this. You're rich. Your cousin Ronnie has named you his sole heir. Uh, did he have any money? Oh, scads of it. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Let's send flowers. Pretty ones. Hmm. Announcing Sir Philip Harris Algernon Chatsworth, Knight of the Batar. Uh, Philip? Well, who can that be? Uh, you were married to him, remember? Oh, yes. My first love. Millicent, so glad to see you, my dear. Uh, Philip, old thing, how are you? Hop hole and ripping. Hmm, sounds like a parlay. <laughs> uh, I say, Millie, old girl, how about a kiss for old time's sake? Right, Al. Do you mind, Stanley? Uh, no, no, go right ahead. But you won't enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, how was it? You were right. <laughs> you know, Millicent, I've been reading about your good fortune in the papers. Will you marry me again? Uh, what about Stanley, my husband? Quite. 
Oh, he wouldn't mind moving out? What do you say, Stanley? Uh, no, no, it would mean packing and all that. Stanley, don't be a bore. Come, Millie, what do you say? I'll think it over, Philip. Have some tea. Oh, thank you. Careful, Millie. Uh, heaves my rubbers. <laughs> Announcing Lord Cedric Warwick Patrick Flick, Knight of the Something or Other. That name sounds familiar. He was your second husband, my love. Uh, this way, sir. Thank you, Heaves. <laughs> but ho, Millicent. Cedric, so glad to see you. Uh, hello there, Cedric. Toodaloo, fluffy poof. <laughs> Millicent, I'm here for only one thing. Will you marry me again? Marry you? Yes, I read in the papers your cousin died and I love you. Uh, but, Cedric, I already have a husband. Rather. You call this a husband? Oh, Millie, you can't jilt me for this fellow. He's so uncouth. Uncouth, he calls me. I want you to know my ancestors came, came over from America under Mayflower. Return trip, of course. Well, why didn't they stay there? Who can do business with Indians? Uh, what are you doing these days, Cedric? Same as always. I'm associating with a sportsman. I'm riding on the hands every morning at a crack of dusk. <laughs> Tell hoy! <laughs> uh, that's uh, tally-ho. Can I help it if you talk with a dialect? <laughs> so you're a sportsman, eh? Right, too. I'm playing... <laughs> I'm playing badminton, squash, cricket, and naturally, if I catch a soccer, a little peanut. <laughs> are you in the mood? No, and furthermore, you are nothing but a fortune hunter. I resemble that remark. <laughs> and another thing, are you by any chance incinerating? Uh, then you really don't want to marry me just for my money, Cedric? Naturally not. If I'm proposing to you just for your money, I hope I drop dead this minute. Oi, hold it! What's the matter? I forgot to cross my finger. Oh, this is all so terribly confusing. I wish Cousin Ronnie hadn't left me all that money. Announcing Sir Jello, Knight of the Strawberry, Earl of the Raspberry, Duke of the Cherry, Orange, Lemon, and Lime. Look for the big red letters on his coat of arms. Sir Jello. Who is he? Oh, no one, me lady. Just a figment of my imagination. Oh. Announcing Sir Andrew Oliver Archibald Clambake. <laughs> oh, uh, Andrew. Uh, he was my sixth husband. Uh, correction, seven. Oh, you're always counting that midget. <laughs> Uh, my error. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Hello, Millicent, my love. Cheerio, and are you there? I say what? <laughs> Andrew, I haven't seen you in years. Hello, Andrew. Hiya, Buck. Shut up. <laughs> In the cinema, Hollywood, you know. And how do you like the cinema, Andrew? Well, at first, my English accent got me in Dutch. They laughed at me. They're those beastly Americans. What sort of roles did you undertake? 
cowboy parts, mostly. You see, you should see me rope a steer. A steer? What's that? Well, look at me and add three pounds. <laughs> a very vivid description, old fellow. Well, Millicent, what I really came here for was to ask you to marry me. How about it, Millie? Just a moment, just a moment, old fellow. I ask her first. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm in this sweepstakes, too. Come on, fellows, let's be dignified about this. After all, I'm her husband, and we all want her money. So let's draw straws for her and it. Right, right on, right, right on. Me too. Thieves, you're not in this. <laughs> Fetch me the broom. I want some straws. Now, we all agreed to this method. Yes, yes. right on. Uh, see who that is, Eves. Uh, yes, me lord. My word! Eves, what's wrong? Bless my soul! It's your cousin Ronnie! Ronnie? 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 Hello, fellas. What's the excitement? Ronnie, old man, you're alive! Am I? Of course you are confounded. We read in today's papers that you were dead. I read that too, and it darn near killed me. Well, Millicent, after all, you didn't get Ronnie's money. But you still have me. Yes, Dratis. Hey, oh, hey, what about us? Hey, 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 Here's the timely dessert that everybody in the family will enjoy. Ice cream. Creamy, rich ice cream. The real homemade kind. Everybody in the family enjoys ice cream, especially when it's made with Jell-O ice cream powder. You can now make delicious ice cream with the old-fashioned flavor more quickly, more easily, and more economically than ever before. And you can make it right in the freezing trays of your refrigerator. Just combine a package of Jell-O ice cream powder, some sugar, milk, and cream, and you'll soon have a quarter and a half of smooth, rich, mellow ice cream. Or, if you prefer, you can make ice cream with Jell-O ice cream powder in an ordinary hand freezer and get the same delicious, creamy results. So ask your grocer tomorrow for Jell-O ice cream powder. Uh, we're a little late, so cheerio, folks. Jell-O program comes